This is a podcast about Jeopardy. Hello and welcome to Potent Potables, your weekly Jeopardy podcast where two former competitors bring you recaps and analysis of the week's Jeopardy episodes, a deep dive into a topic inspired by one of those episodes, and a quiz. I'm Emily. And I'm Kyle. And this is the week of November 23rd, 2020, Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope it went well. I hope that nobody got sick. Uh, so on Monday, we have Henry Bear, a software engineer from Lafayette, California, Amanda Minafo, an undergraduate advisor from San Francisco, California, and Charlie Fonville, a producer originally from Wichita Falls, Texas, whose one-day cash winnings total $30,000. And they have the Jeopardy round categories, internal organ practice, bird-like verbs, let's get hammered. TV title places, Russian interference, and Clark. Is that a reference to something that I don't get? If it is, then I don't get it either. All right. Let us know. Yeah. You know where to find us. We got the Daily Double really early a bunch of times this week, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Am I remembering right? It's happened. It happened a bunch of times this week. Yeah. Um, Starting with this first round on monday where it was the second pick charlie started us off at tv title places at 200 he got that one and then found the daily double as the second pick at the 400 dollars level he just had 200 so he wagered a thousand and the other competitors were at zero and he got the clue before overwhelming us with a bunch of shows featuring police and firemen the city had hope hope in quotation marks uh and he knew that was chicago mm-hmm the bird-like verbs were harder than you would think. Yeah. Agreed. Seemed almost like a double jeopardy kind of category. Yeah. A little, little bit more thought to get to. Yep. So they got the 200 and 400 correct on that one. Identifying tweet as the verb that means send a short message on an internet microblogging site. And peck as the thing that you do along with hunt to type inefficiently. But then we had three triple stumpers at the 600, 800, and 1,000. Yeah. Uh, Concoct a secret plan. Charlie rang in and then clearly knew that he couldn't think of it um, and ended up saying, what is flitter? Which I thought was kind of charming. Uh, They were going for hatch there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they were looking for brood at the $800 level. The clue was to worry persistently in a gloomy way. Henry guessed wallow. I think like he he thought of the bird swallow, maybe. And then uh, at the $1,000 level to talk softly and amorously is to bill and do this. I knew that one. That's coup, but they didn't know that. And that's so these are these were just a little tricky. Mm hmm. So at the end of the Jeopardy round, Charlie's at 7,400, Amanda is at 3,200, Henry is at 2,600, and we get the double Jeopardy categories, a place to park your yacht, astronauts, six-letter double G words, coins, Arthurian characters, and behind the music. Very eclectic board here. Yeah. And we got the second Daily Double very early as well. The first clue was the $1,600 level in astronauts, which 
brings back a a deep dive. Uh, yes, Kathy that Sullivan. was really helpful. Yeah. The clue is Kathy Sullivan is the first person to both walk in space and reach the deepest part of the ocean, known as this, quote, deep. And that is Challenger Deep. Henry got that one. Of course, Emily has talked to us about Challenger Deep and various undersea expeditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that means that Henry gets the second Daily Double because it is pick number two. He is at 4,200. Charlie, like we just talked about, it's the same score as before. Charlie's at 7,400 and Amanda's at 3,200. Uh, and he makes it a true Daily Double. And he gets the clue, in addition to making a notable three orbits around the Earth, this Ohio senator co-wrote 1978's Nuclear Non-Proliferation Act. And that is John Glenn, and Henry got that right. To me, that is not a $2,000 mm. double jeopardy clue. Yeah, and I think I got I got several of these, and I think it was because of your deep dive. So thanks. Oh, that's right. I did do a deep dive on it. <laughs> yes, yes, you're welcome. I totally remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember what your exact scope was. It was the it was, it was really the Apollo program, but that meant starting with talking about Gemini. Yeah, or Gem, Gemini. Ge- yeah, <laughs> Gemini. Gemini. <or> Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have known Apollo 11 anyway, but Gemini, I think I knew because of your deep dive and Endeavor, maybe came more easily. I don't know. Did you talk about Endeavor? Uh, maybe I no, maybe I learned that on my own. Probably because the space shuttle program was after it followed. Yeah, the Apollo that's program. right. Okay, but yeah, it reminded me of your deep dive. So Thanks. you know, we're 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 doing a nice job covering the entire scope of human knowledge mm-hmm. or Jeopardy knowledge, as the case may be. Which is all that matters. Yeah. I thought you probably enjoyed the Arthurian characters category. I did, but, you know, I need to actually, like, like, I I knew all of them, but I don't remember, because I've never actually read The Once and Future King, uh, Mm -hmm. so I need to actually read that, because I've I've picked this stuff up, and I'm not sure where. (laughs) Yeah. Daily Double number three comes in the place to park your yacht category at the $1,200 level as the 23rd pick. Henry finds this one and wagers 2000 At this point, he is at 14800 Charlie's at 10600 and Amanda is at 7600 And Henry gets the clue. Yachts are welcome at the Marina Grande on the Isle of Capri situated in the bay named for this southern italian city and he it seemed like he was guessing when he said what is naples but uh regardless of whether he was guessing he was correct Mm -hmm. so he picks up another 2000 there that is right so at the end of the double jeopardy round henry is in the lead at 17,200. charlie is not far behind at 15,400, and Amanda is at 7,600, so she's not totally out of it. The final Jeopardy category is Secretaries of State, and the clue is Dirk Sticker, Dutch foreign minister from 1948 to 1952, wrote, quote, Churchill's words won the war. This American's words won the peace. Amanda wagered everything, all 7,600, and she got who is Trum, which is uh, not correct, she was presumably going to put an A-N on the end of that. Yeah, but, you know, let's not let's not assume. Let's not assume. No, she probably was. Which would have been incorrect anyway. Uh, but Charlie and Henry both got it right. Charlie wagered 8,000. So if he wagers 8,000, 
then he will be above where Henry would be if Henry only bet enough to stay above Amanda's all-in if he got it wrong, I'm Ooh, thinking. So he'll go up to 23,400 or he will drop down to 7,400. 7,400. I don't see where that is where where that thinking comes from for him. But I don't either. Yeah. I think this is too big of a wager. We can expect Henry to make a cover bet and I think mm-hmm. Charlie's job is to stay above Amanda here. Yeah. It doesn't matter because Amanda has dropped down and, you know, well, right. as, it, as it played out, it was not relevant. But right. this is not the most um, strategically ideal move he could have made. He's, yeah. he's putting himself at more risk than necessary. Right. But he did get it right with who is Marshall. Speaking of George Marshall. Henry also got it right with a cover bet of 13800 uh, with who is Marshall. So Henry is the winner at 31000 Yes. And that brings us to Tuesday, where we have the contestants Jennifer Rosenberg, a lawyer from Walnut Creek, California, Matt McDaniel, a director of programming from Los Angeles, California, and Henry Baer, a software engineer from Lafayette, California, whose one-day cash winnings total $31,000. And we get the Jeopardy! categories, awesome technology, farming, bodies of water, a star is born, Speak Now and Forever Hold Your Peace. Speak Now turned out to be kind of all clues about things that are immediate. Uh, mm-hmm. the, word, the word stat being used in hospitals, the phrase in vogue, a clue about procrastinating. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, yeah. We did get an oddity. Daily Devil number one was pick number one at the $200 level at the top of the bodies of water category. Mm -hmm. Uh, And according to the Jeopardy fan, this has not happened since December 20th of 2019 that there has been a Daily Double in the top row. Mm. It is pick number one, like I said. So uh, everyone's at zero. Henry finds it because he's the returning champion. So he gets to pick first and he uh, wagers a thousand. And he gets the clue, this mighty river rises in the Tibetan plateau and empties into the South China Sea near Ho Chi Minh City. And he gets it right with the Mekong. Mm-hmm. I really need to work on my bodies of water. I had a hard time <laughs> with that whole category. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of tough. Yeah. There are a lot of them. I learned a lot from the farming category. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, I mean, there, there were a few that I, I just knew. So, like, the $1,000 clue applied to farmland, it means left without sowing for a period in order to restore its fertility. And that's fallow. Mm -hmm. I always just assumed from context that that word meant, like, bad. Like, Mm. the farmland went bad because it went fallow. But apparently that's not the purpose. You let it lie fallow and, like, I I don't know all of the the science of it. But, yeah, no, I think letting it lie fallow, like, let's kind of natural processes that restore uh stuff to the soil um Hmm. take place it was just interesting to me i enjoyed that Mm -hmm. yeah cool uh at the end of the jeopardy round henry is in a strong lead at 8600 matt is at 4000 and jennifer is at 1200 and we get the double jeopardy categories we'll give you pause p-a-w-s religion the girl in the song 
go nuts, N-U-T in quotation marks, a windy category, and books and authors. I actually knew all of the books and authors. Nice. That was surprising to me. (laughs) Hmm. I went through my usual confusion with the $1,600 clue in 1917. This muckraker described coal mine conditions in King Coal. Ten years later, he dove into oil. Henry got that one with who is Sinclair, Upton Sinclair. Someday I will know the difference between Upton Sinclair and Sinclair Lewis, but not today. It is not this day. Not today. I sort of wondered if he'd rung it and said, who is Sinclair, so that if he didn't get rules correct, he could say Lewis. Yeah, he could, he could just kind of <laughs> like wait for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you provide the, the last name that could be a first name and then just C. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably he just he just knew it because you know my mental block on that doesn't necessarily mean other people have it but dilly double number two comes up in the religion category which i thought ran pretty basic mm-hmm. it was the 15th pick at the 1600 dollars level and henry found this one as well he wagered four thousand of his thirteen thousand Matt had 6,800 at this point, and Jennifer had 3,200, so Henry's in a pretty solid lead, Mm -hmm. and he gets the clue. It's the religion promoted by the BJP, the world's largest political party, and he correctly responds, what is Hinduism? Yep. Yeah, I thought that category ran fairly simple, too. Yeah. At the $2,000 level, we had the clue, a kamidana is a household shrine used by practitioners of this religion. Henry got that one. It is Shinto. And I thought that was, you know, I liked seeing that in there. Um, You know, it's uh, branching out a little bit from what we think of as like the five major world religions that tend to be the go-tos, um, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. Yeah. So, you know, I think there are a lot of other religions in the world. I think being like, oh, the five major world religions is puts a puts a constraint that I don't think is helpful necessarily. There was a there was a question last week about a Baha'i temple. Mm hmm. Yeah. I learned about Baha'i from Rain Wilson of the office fame. Huh. How did. Well, he he uh, he is he is a follower of Baha'i. Is that. How, I have, I, I don't, what the I correct terminology no, is there? I don't know what the correct terminology is either. Uh, yeah, but uh, he came and gave a talk when I was in grad school at the university that I was at, and uh, he talked about that quite a bit, and because he was promoting his uh, soul pancake project, hmm. which uh, is pretty interesting. If you want to check that out, he has been doing stuff since playing Dwight. <laughs> so, huh. anyway, daily double number three is in the books and authors category. It's at the two thousand dollar level. Henry finds this one as well. He found all three in this game. Uh, he is up at 20,600 over Matt's 6,800 and Jennifer's 3,600, and he wagers 2,000. And he gets a clue. His breakthrough bestseller was All the Pretty Horses, a story of Texas cowboys in Mexico. And he gets that right. He knows that that is Cormac McCarthy. Mm-hmm. This was, um, I thought, a little bit rougher round than some of the other ones we've seen recently. More triple stumpers. Maybe it just felt that way to me, um, but it, se- it seemed like a little rougher. But we finish out the double Jeopardy round 
with Henry in a lock position at 25,400. Matt has 9,600. Jennifer has 8,800. And the final Jeopardy category is historic documents. The clue is, one of the liberties listed in this, no man shall be forced to perform more service for a knight's fee than is due from it. And Jennifer wagers everything and responds, what is Magna Carta? And that is correct. Matt wagers 8,100. So he is, uh, he leaves a little back, but is looking to cover Jennifer's double up. Um, and he mm-hmm. also has the correct response. And then Henry wagers 5,000. Um, so he's not risking his lock. And he has the correct response as well. But we knew that unless he made a strange wager, he would be back on Wednesday. And indeed, he will be with 30,400. You know, if you get all three daily doubles and you get them right, hopefully you're going in with a lock position. Yeah. So on Wednesday, we have the contestants Antoinette Herisic, an eighth grade humanities teacher from San Diego, California, Ryan Hamill, a legal technology professional from Los Angeles, California, and Henry Bayer, a software engineer from Lafayette, California, whose two-day winnings are now up to $61,400. And they get the Jeopardy round categories, Oh Hello Songs, Blank the Blank, Put It in the Cabinet Department, Historic Women, All Aboard, Board in quotation marks, and Where's This Train Headed? The contestants did not shy away from the historic women category, and all three contestants um, had right res- correct responses, I think. Oh, no, sorry. I was wrong. Henry didn't get in on that, but Ra- Ryan got several of them and Antoinette got one. Yeah, but they were all answered correctly. They were all answered correctly, and in the first half of the Jeopardy round, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that is where we find Daily Double number one. And again, we get the Daily Double pretty early as the fourth pick at the $400 level of Historic Women. Ryan finds this one and wagers 1,000. He just had 200 at this point. Henry had 200. Antoinette had 400. And he gets the clue. Lady Jane Grey was proclaimed queen to keep the throne from this woman who lived up to her nickname by having Jane executed. And he correctly responds, who is Bloody Mary? Um, and Alex supplies, you know, Mary Tudor. So that brings him into a lead pretty early on. Yep. And it takes it away from other people. Yeah, you never want to find the daily double that early in the round, but it does at least take away the possibility that somebody's going to, you know, build up a big lead and then double it. Yeah. At least until, you know, until the second round. I don't know if I'm getting better at pop music or if these hello songs were just a little on the easy side, but I got just about all of them. Yeah, I I missed the Lionel Richie one. I also missed Lionel Richie, but the other ones I had. I mean, how could you not get the thousand dollar clue? Not only did the Beastie Boys get no sleep till this burrow, the group also said hello to it as well. Mm-hmm. Antoinette got it. That's Brooklyn. Yeah, she seemed really happy about that one, too. So um, at the end of the Jeopardy round, Ryan is in the lead at 4,800. Antoinette has 3,800. Henry has 3,400. And we have the double Jeopardy categories, a la cartography, authors, global cheers, the American League, chase scenes, and a letter, then a word. That one was actually a bit 
a bit tougher. That last category is a bit tougher than I thought it would be. I thought it would be mm-hmm. like, oh, these will be easy. Yeah. Like the $1,200 clue. I I don't know. I feel like this is perhaps a bit niche, but looking for a spouse of a certain faith, this website calls itself a modern shiduk. Shiduk? Shiduk. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. How, I'm not sure how that word is pronounced, um, but that's J-Date. I knew that one, but our our milieus may be a little different. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I have. I, I know people who use J-Date. It seems like a fine online dating service (laughs) unlike other religion specific dating services not that i have direct experience but i have heard nothing but bad things about christian mingle (laughs) i i don't know i'm i am extremely lucky in that i oh no i i I found my person early and never had to deal with that kind of oh yeah yeah yeah. no okay i thought you were gonna say oh we met on christian mingle i was gonna be like oh welcome back welcome back no Um, no no, we we met in high school (laughs) yeah uh yeah we uh my my husband and i met um in college and before online dating was as widespread as it is now and uh i feel very fortunate for that anyway continuing the trend of early daily doubles we get daily double number two at pick number three it's in the a la cartography category at the 800 dollar level uh, Henry finds this one. He is in third place at 1800 Ryan's at 4800 and Antoinette's at 3800 He wagers 2000 He gets the clue, on Mercator maps, these parallel lines get farther apart as they get more distant from the equator. And he gets it right. What are lines of latitude? Mm-hmm. Which I, I was taught to think of latitude like a ladder. They are the rungs of a ladder going across. Oh, okay. That's a good mnemonic. And then longitude would be the other one. Mm-hmm. Longitude are all equally long. Think of oh, longitude. Oh, yeah. That that's useful. And then daily double number three is super early too. It's the sixth pick, so we get all the daily doubles off the board within the first fifth of the round. This one is in the American League at twelve, the twelve hundred dollar level, um, and this is the first clue uncovered in this category. I had assumed this was a baseball category. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. It's the American League. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so Henry uncovers this third daily double as the sixth pick and the first one from this category, and he has to wager without really knowing what to expect from the category. He may be thinking it's a baseball category like I did. It turned out to be about organizations that have league in their name in the United States. But he didn't know that when he wagered 3,000 of his 5,400. Ryan had 6,000 at this point. Antoinette had 3,800. And he got the clue. NUL.org is the website for this organization that's been working for African-Americans and civil rights since 1910. He guesses what's the NAACP. The correct response here is the National Urban League. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one to have to guess on for the wager. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of this round was pretty rough. Uh, there, were, there, there were a decent number of incorrect answers. There were 10 triple stumpers mm. and that Miss Daily Double in this yeah. round. A lot of triple stumpers. Mm -hmm. Most of those were like nobody rang in. So for the most part, they just stumped everyone. But yeah. Yeah. Tough round. Yeah. So going into final Jeopardy, Antoinette's at 4,600, Henry's at 10,000, and Ryan is at 12,000. Not not the kind of inflated scores we've been seeing lately. 
And they get the Final Jeopardy category, Singer Slash Actresses. And the clue is, this California-born woman won a Best Leading Actress Academy Award in 1988 when she had two top 20 hit songs. I don't know, this one came to me right away, even though I have never seen the movie and I don't particularly care for the music. Mm-hmm. Um, Antoinette wagered everything but a dollar, forty-five ninety-nine, and she guessed who is Madonna. Like, not a, you know, not, not a bad, bad guess. guess. Yeah, not a bad that's... guess for the time, uh, but it is incorrect. Henry wagered 799 That would keep him above Antoinette's all-in if, he, mm-hmm. if she got it right and he got it wrong. And he guessed who is Whitney Houston. Um, again, not a bad guess. That was around the time of the bodyguard. Yeah, right? I think. I think Maybe that a little sounds about, about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that is also incorrect. Uh, but Ryan got it right. He wagered 8001 which is a cover bet. And he got it with who is Cher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why Cher just immediately popped into my head. I knew that she won for uh, Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact I learned, and I just that was the only name that came to mind. Yeah, no, it, it came to mind for me as well, and I was like, oh yeah, 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 Moonstruck, and then that was that was it. But hey, uh, good wagering from everyone, and that brings us to Thursday. Where we have Aaron Fernandez, a freelance editor originally from Santa Cruz, California. Zach Jones, a law student from Fountain Valley, California. And Ryan Hemmel, a legal technology professional from Los Angeles, California, whose one-day cash winnings total $20,001. And we have the Jeopardy! round categories TV Sports Mix, Art and Artists, More Than One Meaning, Crime and Punishment Talk, It's Like Maine, and On Your Wedding Day. Uh, that's a real groaner of a time i love it presumably we have all moved through our phase of being pedantic about things that are and are not ironic in the alanis morissette song I presumably we have, yeah. <laughs> I, was that a phase that we had to go through? Oh yeah, no. I've, I have uh, I, I have reached my second naivete uh, regarding that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm not totally convinced. Alex had seen the Lord of the Rings recently. I feel like his his Smeagol was uh, kind of his own take. Which was in uh, the On Your Wedding Day category at the $800 level. Watch out if the small child with this two-word job of toting small items down the aisle mutters about my precious. (laughs) Ryan got that one. That's uh, the ring bearer. Sure. Yeah. So for like the first time all week, the the first daily double does not show up early. It is pick number 19. It's at the $1,000 level in Art and Artists. Zach finds it. He's at eighteen hundred. Ryan is at thirty two hundred. Aaron is at thirty two hundred. And Zach bets it all. Good move. He gets the clue. This artist called his New York studio the Factory. He gets it right with who is Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. So he gets into the lead there. Yeah. And at the end of the Jeopardy round, he has maintained his lead. He's at sixty two hundred. Aaron is close behind at five thousand, and Zach is at forty eight hundred. So it's a pretty close game. And in the Double Jeopardy round, we get the categories, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Century Raider? (laughs) (laughs) Big adjectives. 
movie quotes, best-selling nonfiction, zoology, and Eagle Scouts. Which, I will say, as an Eagle Scout, these, uh, these clues were about people who attained the rank of Eagle Scout, not about anything to do with scouting, really. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, because, like, that would be extremely niche for anyone who, you know, one, isn't a boy, and two, wasn't a scout. Like, that would be, that kind of trivia would be pretty tough to access. Yeah. So. Yep. The Boy Scouting organization is now open to to girls, right? Lawsuits? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, lawsuits. I mean, I, <laughs> I was I was just filing some paperwork in case, uh, <laughs> in case anything, God forbid, has all you know happened yes. some some at some point in history. Oh man, uh, we need our church to be covered, even if the Boy Scouts organization goes fully bankrupt. So, like, Oof. I know. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there, there was paperwork for that this week to make sure that we are. Uh, that we are still protected in the event um, of a Boy Scout bankruptcy followed by a lawsuit. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> girls can join now, but prob- that probably has not been in place long enough for there to be very many Eagle Scouts who are not boys or men. Yeah. Yeah, but I did. I liked seeing this, uh, the Eagle Scouts category, but, but agreed. I sort of anticipated that it would be about scouting in some way Mm -hmm. but it turned out to be about people who have attained the rank yeah it's a rank yeah daily double number two comes up in are you smarter than a fifth century raider which i enjoyed yeah it was good (laughs) yeah it's at the 1600 dollars level the seventh pick aaron finds it and wagers 2000 of his 6600 ryan has 8200 at this point, and Zach has 4,800, so Aaron's looking to take the lead. And he gets the clue. In 439, the Vandals captured this African city, once Rome's rival, and used it as a base for raids across the Mediterranean. And he correctly responds, what is Carthage? Mm-hmm. We haven't really talked about Carthage, have we? Not really, no. I know it exists. <laughs> I, I got it correct, I don't know how. Uh, you know, the Punic Wars. They're, they're, yeah. They're, the rival mm-hmm. at the twelve hundred dollar level of that same category we had these non-angles came to britain at the invitation of king vortigern who was trying to stop raiding by the picts ryan guessed who are the normans that's incorrect you would get that if you were thinking carefully about the category are you smarter than a fifth century raider we don't see the normans in britain until uh until the 11th century mm-hmm. this is the saxons so non-angles like you want you want to think oh and then like it, it, this is this is where they become anglo-saxons yeah i did better than i expected on the movie quotes category yeah i thought they were pretty gettable yeah like like the two thousand dollar clue was carpe diem seize the day boys make your lives extraordinary like I realize that doesn't those words don't necessarily point to anything in particular, but it's Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know. That seems like a pretty well known one to me. Yeah, as far as quotes go, I, I had a I had a little uh, glitch at the sixteen hundred dollar level. The clue was, "Here we go, Wilson. You don't have to worry about anything. I'll do all the paddling." And I somehow like forgot about Wilson the volleyball and was like. 
I don't know, paddling, like, deliverance? Would Jeopardy ask about deliverance? It seems a little dark for Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Basically the same movie. (laughs) Of course, Castaway, which... (laughs) Yeah, anyway. So that was was my embarrassing moment for that day. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Daily Double number three uh, is the 20th pick in the round. It's in the zoology category at the $1,600 level. Ryan finds this one. He is in a slight lead at 13,400. Aaron is at 13,000. And Zach is back at 6,800. He wagers 5,400. He gets the clue. Stony corals build up their skeletons by drawing in this metallic element from salt water and secreting limestone around their bodies. He gets that right with what is calcium. Mm -hmm. Which if you know what limestone is made of, then you'd probably be able to get that pretty quick. Yep. So we have some impressive scores at the end of the Double Jeopardy round. Um, Ryan is at 24,400. You would honestly normally expect that to be a lock, um, but it's not Mm -hmm. because Zach is at 14,400 and Aaron is at 13,000. And we have the final Jeopardy category, Religious Words. And the clue, this sacred syllable is sometimes said to be composed of sounds representing Vishnu, Shiva, and Brahma. And um, they all get this one right. Aaron has wagered everything and correctly responds, what is Ohm? Uh, So he comes up to 26,000. Zach has wagered 13,001. He also has what is Ohm. That brings him up to 27,401. But Ryan has made a cover bet with 4,401. And he has the correct response. So we'll see him again on Friday. Man, 26,000 in third place. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh, I didn't oh. give I didn't give Ryan's total, which is 28,801 for Thursday's game. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And on Friday, we have the contestants Shandy McCarty, a civil engineer from Phoenix, Arizona. Gabriel Osler, a swim instructor from Orinda, California. And Ryan Hemmel, a legal technology professional from Los Angeles, California, whose two-day cash winnings total $48,802. And we get the Jeopardy round categories, paperback writer, palindromes, pro teams mascots, real deal rhyme time, let's start a small business, and adventure capital, which is all about capital cities. Yes. And adventures. Mm-hmm. Well, hey... I knew all of the sports mascots. Oh, nice. So did I. I mean, guessed. I (laughs) I guessed all of the sports mascots. um, More based on geographic knowledge and having memorized the major sports teams at some point. I'm not sure I still know them all. But but yeah, enough of that stuck with me that I was able to put them all together. Nice. Um, Yeah. And they did a fine job. They did with them as well. Yeah, uh, the palindrome category was fun. I I like palindromes. Mm-hmm. I had a rough triple stumper at the six hundred dollar level, though. A classic palindrome is this three word introduction. Gabriel guessed what is "I am Sam," which is not a palindrome, and then Shandy followed that up with guessing uh, what is "Sam I am," which is still not the palindrome. Uh, they were looking for "Madam I'm Adam." Mm-hmm. That's right. There is a Weird Al song that is entirely palindromes. Uh, I believe it is just called Bob, mm. sung in the style of a Bob Dylan song. Okay. 
So if you want to memorize a bunch of palindromes, go memorize that song, I guess. Like I did. Okay. I'll have to look that one up. I know some Weird Al, but I never never oh, developed like an encyclopedic Weird Al knowledge. Oh, I totally did. Did you ever watch yes. UHF? I, I think I did once. Only should, once? How could you only watch it once? That it was, classic. Yeah. I should. Uh, all right. I'll watch UHF again, too. <laughs> I, uh, w- when you have an abundance of spare time, then, okay. then, then take a little bit for UHF. Uh, all right. If, you know, if you really, truly have nothing better to do. Yeah. We learned in the interview portion about uh, Ryan's work as a legal technology professional. He creates software that does like discovery of like uh like digital materials like you know searches your email for stuff i shouldn't infer too much um but yeah it does like searches machines for stuff that needs to be part of like legal documentation Mm -hmm. and uh, i think i think that work benefited him to some extent in the let's start a small business category for sure yeah he that was kind of in his wheelhouse, he got that thousand uh, dollar clue um, per the National Small Business Association. More than thirty percent of U.S. small businesses operate as these LLCs. Those are limited liability corporations or companies. Mm-hmm. In this round, Shandy went into the red and did not get out of the red until later on. And Gabriel took an early lead, um, but then at the 20th pick hit Daily Double number one in the paperback writer category at the $600 level. And he made a big wager of 5000 of his 8000 Ryan was at 2600 Shandy was at negative 600 And Gabriel got the clue in 2020. This late great writer was back on the paperback bestseller list with The Bluest Eye, her debut novel. He guessed who is Lee. I presume he was thinking of Harper Lee. Um, that's not correct. This is Toni Morrison. Yeah, Toni Morrison. She was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the $1,000 level of that paperback writer category, we had um, a clue about R.L. Stein. My second grader has been uh, strongly refusing to attempt reading any choose your own adventure books and I couldn't figure out why because they're totally up his alley Yeah, and then I found a choose your own adventure R.L. Stein Goosebumps book in his room I don't know how he got it mm. <laughs> and I was like is this why you don't want to read choose your own adventure books and he's like no, they're just confusing and I don't like them. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But I just want you to know that a lot of people get really creeped out by this particular author and choose your own adventure books are not all like that. And he's like, okay, well, then I'll try one sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Yeah. So at the end of the Jeopardy round, Ryan is in the lead now with 4,800. Gabriel has 3,200. Shandy is at negative 200. And we get the double Jeopardy categories. American History Timeline, Actor Facts, The Atmosphere, Ranks and Titles, Biblical Women, and C as in Cat, Cat in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. We had some different styles of play kind of fighting it out here shandy wants to start at the top and the and the guys both want to start at the bottom mm-hmm. and so we sort of bounced around the board yeah depending on who had control yeah they did a very nice job with the biblical women category i was proud of them good 
at the $800 level there, we had before two letters were transposed, Ms. Winfrey was originally named for this sister-in-law of Ruth, and that is Orpah. I don't know if Ryan knew the biblical book or if he just guessed uh, how to transpose two letters in Oprah. Yeah, I don't know which other letters would make sense switching. Yeah. Orpah is, um, the, the name is etymologically related to, like, nape of the neck. One scholar who I've who I've heard commentary from speculated that this is that it's because when the mother-in-law Naomi tries to send the two daughter-in-law daughters-in-law away, Orpah shows the back of her neck and kind of leaves. But then Ruth does the does the speech about you know where, where you, you go, go, I will go. Mm-hmm. 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 My wife loves that story. It's really good. Yeah. So they got all those biblical women on the first. Yes. First try. Yeah. First try. No wrong responses in that category. Yep. We got both daily doubles pretty late in the round. Daily double number two shows up at pick number 23. It's the $1,200 clue in the atmosphere. Gabriel finds this one as well. He is at 9,200. Ryan's at 8,400. And Shandy's at 10,600. Good scores all around. And mm-hmm. he wagers 3,500. And the clue is air pollution is made worse by the reactive type of this gas that makes up more than three quarters of the atmosphere. And he got it right with what is nitrogen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, impor- important, like just trivia factoid that most of our atmosphere is nitrogen. Yep. The oxygen's the stuff you need, but only a small proportion volume wise. Yeah. And daily double number three is the 26th pick. At the $800 level of ranks and titles. Um, and Ryan uncovers this one. He is at 10,000. Gabriel is at 12,700. Shandy is at 10,600. Um, incidentally, she had staged a pretty great comeback and had been in the lead for a couple of questions mm-hmm. there. Very impressive. Ryan wagers $9,000, everything but 1,000, with four questions left on the board. So he's really staking his game on this daily double and if i can take just a a moment for strategy the difficulty of the daily doubles is about even with where they fall on the like on the on the dollar value yeah the, the clue is written before it becomes a daily double right and so people ought to wager more the lower the initial dollar value is. But I think people tend to like anchor to the dollar value yeah. that's on the tile. Mm-hmm. In theory though, like you should like you should make a huge wager on a like relatively high on the board daily double because it's likely to be a p- easier clue. Right. So he does that, um, which we don't see a whole lot. And he gets the clue. The person with this title is the leader of the yellow hat sect of Tibetan Buddhists. And he responds, who is the Dalai Lama? And that is correct. And he takes a substantial lead with just four clues left on the board. Yep. So uh, going into Final Jeopardy, he is up at 19,400. Gabriel is at 14,700. And Shanti's at 12,600. Really good scores. And they get the category World Geography. And the Final Jeopardy clue is of the six mainland African countries through which the equator passes. This landlocked nation is last alphabetically. As it kind of turns out, 
that big wager didn't matter too much on the daily double. Uh, Shandy wagered 4,400 and wrote, what is Zimbabwe? And that is incorrect. Gabriel wagered everything but $2, 14,698, and also wrote, what is Zimbabwe? But that is still incorrect. Uh, but Ryan ended up getting it right. He bet 10,001, uh, which was a cover bet, uh, with Uganda. What is Uganda? Alex gave him some affirmation. Ryan seemed a little uh, apologetic. And Alex said, well, that's, you know, it's landlocked and the equator passes through it. Uh, <laughs> sort of affirmed him. Right. So that's the week. And we will see Ryan back on Monday. Mm -hmm. This is the time in the show when we remind you that we have a Patreon and that while it's important to um, support media that you care about, it's more important to do something positive for the world and your uh, your local community. And in particular, we, uh, Kyle and I, are, are passionate about issues of social justice and racial justice in particular. If you're looking for a way to connect around that, you can look at communityjusticeexchange.org or blacklivesmatter.com and find ways to um, to be involved with your money, with your time, with your advocacy. We hope you'll find a way to do that that makes sense for you. And we want to remind you to wear your mask because the pandemic is definitely not over. It's worse than ever in my town. Yep. Actually, it's in my town. It's kind of apples and oranges, but we have the most cases that we know of ever having had. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have tests as much during the height of it, so the stats are difficult to compare, but it's definitely not over. It's pretty bad. Yep. Stay inside if you can. Take care Listen of yourselves. Listen to podcasts. Yeah. There's lots of podcasts. So many yep. podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you want, you can you know reach out to us, and I will gladly tell you all of the podcasts that I listen to. Oh, yes. I like to talk about podcasts. Forever. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Emily... It's time for a deep dive. Uh, do you want to get it on the first try, or do you want to take all three guesses before you get it? I, I kind of like to keep uh, you waiting until the third guess. Are we talking about cabinet departments? We are not talking about cabinet departments. Okay, are we talking about Mordred and Arthurian legend? We are not, because I, I mentioned that I haven't read... The Once in Future King. I also haven't read Idols of the King, and I felt like if I tried to do that, I'd have to. I'd be like, I might as well just read these, and I don't have time for that. But it, it crossed right. my mind. Okay, are we talking about Steve McQueen? No, We're I didn't not. get it. <sighs> it happened. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time you got one, like, you, you guessed it, and we were like, oh, it finally happened. It's never happened before. And now it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, no. No, this is actually um, a deep dive I was going to do a, f- a few weeks ago. I was looking at doing it when we had um, uh, Devin on. Uh, and oh, another, okay. But another one came up and made it uh, evident again that it's something that we should probably talk about. Uh, this is from the Tuesday game. Jeopardy round, the bodies of water category, the $1,000 level. This 700-mile-long river formed part of the boundary between East Germany and West Germany. It was triple stumper, uh, but that is the Elba. Mm-hmm. So this is, I, I realize I've done a, a few lists recently of things as deep dives, but 
This is going to be a deep dive on, like, rivers, important rivers <laughs> that we should be more aware of because I think we've said, I don't know how many times on the podcast, like, we should we should learn rivers. <laughs> we should look at rivers. Yeah, definitely. Oh, hey, I'm reading King Leopold's Ghost right now, and I did not realize what a big do- deal the Congo River is. But I'm sure, I don't know if you're, I don't know what your scope is, but maybe you'll get to that. Yeah, I'm not, I, given the number of rivers, uh, I'm not going to go particularly in depth on any one river. Uh, but I will mention the Congo for sure. The Congo okay. is very important. Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. I'm going to start with the rivers of North America. Well, and when I say the rivers, I'm going to say like a few of the major rivers, because obviously there are tons of rivers. Right. Uh, so the Mississippi River. It is the second longest river and chief river of the second long- largest drainage system on the North American continent. It is second to the Hudson Bay drainage system and uh, second in length to the Missouri. Its traditional source is Lake Itasca in northern Minnesota, and it flows south for 2,320 miles to the Mississippi River Delta in the Gulf of Mexico. The Mississippi watershed drains all or parts of 32 U.S. states and two Canadian provinces. The states that it goes through are Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. The Missouri River. It is the longest river in North America. Uh, It comes out of the Rocky Mountains of western Montana, flows east and south for 2,341 miles before entering the Mississippi north of St. Louis. Its watershed includes two Canadian provinces and ten U.S. states. And when combined with the Mississippi River, it forms the world's fourth longest river system. We have the Rio Grande, or Rio Grande, depending on how you want to approach it. It is one of the principal rivers in the southwest United States and northern Mexico. It begins in south-central Colorado and flows to the Gulf of Mexico. It forms part of the border between Mexico and the United States. And according to the International Boundary and Water Commission, its total length uh, was 1,896 miles in the late 1980s, though the course shifts occasionally and thus changes the length. This one I'm including because, you know, it's it's near you. The Hudson River is a 315-mile river, flows north to south primarily through eastern New York. The river originates in the Adirondacks of upstate New York, flows southward through the Hudson Valley to the upper New York Bay. It serves as a political boundary between the states of New Jersey and New York at the southern end. The river is named after Henry Hudson, an Englishman sailing for the Dutch East India Company who explored it in 1609, and also after whom Hudson Bay is named. Uh, It had been previously observed by Italian explorer Giovanni de Vrattano, sailing for King Francis I of France. And it inspired Washington Irving and the Hudson River School of Landscape Painting. It was also the eastern outlet for the Erie Canal. Uh, The St. Lawrence River is a large river in the middle latitudes of North America. Uh, It flows in a roughly northeasterly direction, connecting the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean and forming the primary drainage outflow of the Great Lakes Basin. Uh, It goes through the Canadian provinces of Quebec and Ontario and is part of the international boundary between Ontario and the United States state of New York. Uh, And it was part of the Champlain Sea, which uh, existed a long time ago, Hmm. before the the last glacial maximum the St. Lawrence River was formed from the Sea of Champlain or Champlain Sea. Uh, And then the last one I'm going to talk about for North America is the Yukon. Major watercourse in northwestern North America. Its uh, source is in British Columbia, and then it flows through the Yukon Territory. 
the lower half of the river lies in the U.S. state of Alaska. It is 3,190 uh, kilometers or 1,980 miles long, and it empties into the Bering Sea. It is the longest river in Alaska and Yukon, and uh, an important uh, transportation means. Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, cooperative, cooperative effort of 70 First Nations and tribes in Alaska and Canada called the Yukon River Intertribal Watershed Council, which has the goal of making the river and its tributaries safe to drink from again uh, by supplementing and scrutinizing government data. It is currently massively polluted. Mm-hmm. That's North American rivers. South America. We have the Amazon. It is the largest river by discharge volume of water in the world, and it is the disputed longest river in the world. The government of Brazil claims that the Amazon is longer than the Nile. Hmm. The headwaters of the Apurimac River has been considered for nearly a century as the Amazon's most distant source until a 2014 study found it to be the headwaters of the Montaro River in Peru. They join another tributaries come together uh, to form the Amazon. Yeah, I don't really need to talk more about it. It's obviously any of these could be a deep dive in and of themselves, but I'm really going for the, we should know where these things are. The Aconcagua River is a river in Chile that rises from the conflux of two minor tributary rivers, uh, 4,690 feet above sea level in the Andes. The Yuncal and the Blanco River are the ones that meet. And it flows westward through the broad Aconcagua Valley and enters the Pacific Ocean. It only has an 88-mile course. It's important for the economy of the region and one of the few, like one of the very, very few rivers that flows westward in South America. And then there's the Orinoco. It is one of the longest rivers in South America. It is 1,400 miles long. Its drainage basin covers over 340,000 square miles. 76.3% of it is in Venezuela and the rest is in Colombia. It is the fourth largest river in the world by discharge volume. So there we go. That's South America. Asia. Obviously has a ton of rivers, and I kind of tried to narrow it down a bit. So there's the Yangtze, Mm -hmm. the longest river in Asia, third longest in the world, and the longest in the world to flow entirely within one country. It rises in the Tibetan Plateau and flows 3,900 miles in a generally easterly direction to the East China Sea. It is the sixth largest river by discharge volume. It was vastly important to the history and economy and culture of China. Uh, the Three Gorges Dam on the Yangtze is the largest hydroelectric hydroelectric power station in the world. The Yellow River, or the Huanghe, or Huangha, uh, however it's supposed to be pronounced, is the second longest river in China after the Yangtze, and the sixth longest river system in the world. It is 3,395 miles long. It originates in the Bayanhar Mountains in the Qinghai province of western China and flows through nine provinces and empties into the Bohai Sea. Its basin was the birthplace of ancient Chinese civilization and was the most prosperous region in early Chinese history. Uh, Then we have the Mekong. It's a transboundary river in East Asia and Southeast Asia. It's the world's 12th longest river and the 7th longest in Asia. It is about 2,700 miles long. Uh, It comes from the Tibetan Plateau and runs through China, Myanmar, Laos, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. Then we have the Indus, which is one of the main rivers of the Indo-Gangetic Plain in the Indian subcontinent. It flows through China, India, and Pakistan. Uh, It also originates in the Tibetan Plateau. It flows south 
uh, along the entire length of Pakistan to merge into the Arabian Sea near Karachi. The Indus is the longest river of Pakistan. And along the Indus, uh, there was some early Bronze Age civilization that grew up in the Indus, in the northern Indus Valley, in the Punjab region and, and in mm-hmm. that area. Then we have the Ganges, which is a transboundary river which flows through India and Bangladesh. It is 1,680 miles long, uh, originating at the Gang- Gangotri Glacier in the Himalayas uh, and empties into the Bay of Bengal. The Ganges is a lifeline to millions who live along its course. It's a sacred river and worshipped as the goddess of Ganga or Ganja in Hinduism mm-hmm. and uh, has been extremely historically important for a lot of reasons. It is also extremely polluted, mm-hmm. like massively polluted. Yep. Moving farther east, we have the Tigris. It is the eastern of the two great rivers that define Mesopotamia, the other being the Euphrates. Uh, The river flows south from the mountains of the Armenian highlands through Syria and the Arabian Desert and empties into the Persian Gulf. It is 1,750 kilometers long, and close to its confluence with the Euphrates, it splits into several channels, uh, which is part of why this part of the uh, world is so verdant and fertile. Baghdad, the capital of Iraq, is on the banks of the Tigris. Then we have the Euphrates. It is the longest and one of the most historically important rivers in Western Asia. Uh, It also defines Mesopotamia with the Tigris. Uh, It originates in the Armenian highlands as well and flows through Syria and Iraq to join the Tigris at the Shat al-Arab, which empties into the Persian Gulf. Moving on to the rivers of Europe. So this is more related to the clue. We have the Rhine. It has its source in Switzerland and flows in a mostly northerly direction through Germany and the Netherlands, emptying into the North Sea. It forms part of the Swiss-Liechtenstein, Swiss-Austrian, Swiss-German, and then Franco-German border, and then flows through the German Rhineland and the Netherlands and eventually empties into the uh, North Sea. It is the second longest river in Central and Western Europe at 760 miles. The Rhine and the Danube form the most of the northern inland frontier of the Roman Empire, and the Rhine has been a, an important waterway and served as a symbol of German nationalism. The cities on the Rhine are Cologne, Dusseldorf, Rotterdam, Strasbourg, and Basel. We have the Rhone. It rises on the Rhone Glacier in the Swiss Alps, at the far eastern end of the Swiss canton of Valais, passes through Lake Geneva, uh, and goes through southeastern France. And then it empties into the Mediterranean. We have the Danube. It is Europe's second longest river after the Volga, and it's located in Central and Eastern Europe. The Danube was once a long-standing frontier of the Roman Empire, and it flows through ten countries. Depending on how you count it, it can be considered to run through the largest number of countries in the world, uh, depending on how many countries you want to say the Nile is actually going through, counting headwaters and all that. The Danube originates in Germany, flows southeast for 1,770 miles, passing through or bordering Austria, Slovakia, Hungary, Croatia, Serbia, Romania, Bulgaria, Moldova, and Ukraine before draining into the Black Sea. Hmm. There's the Po. It is the longest river in Italy. It is a river that flows eastward across northern Italy, starting from the Cotian Alps. Depending on how you want to count its tributaries and where it starts, it is either 405 miles or 424 miles long. It passes through important cities like Turin, uh, Piacenza, and Ferrara. It's connected to Milan through some channels that Leonardo da Vinci helped design. Uh, Then there's the Seine. Mm -hmm. It goes through Paris, 
482 miles long. Its source rises at the Sorsane, which is 19 miles northwest of Dijon in northern France, flowing through Paris and into the English Channel at Le Havre. And Honfleur on the left bank? Man, I'm so good at French. <laughs> there are 37 bridges in Paris and a dozen more outside the city uh, that cross the Seine. A couple of the important ones are the Pont Alexandre the third i don't know how you'd say the third in french and pont neuf uh then there's the thames known alternatively in parts as the river isis which is interesting to me uh it flows through england uh goes through london it is 250 miles long the longest river entirely in england and the second longest in the united kingdom apparently it's called the isis in oxford which is really interesting to me Hmm. it's the main river of england then there's the volga flows through central Russia to southern Russia and into the Caspian Sea. It is 2,194 miles long. Uh, It is Europe's largest river in terms of discharge and also the longest river. It is widely regarded as the national river of Russia. Then there's the Ural, a river that flows through Russia and Kazakhstan in the continent border between Europe and Asia. It originates in the southern Ural Mountains and discharges into the Caspian Sea. It is 1,509 miles long. Third longest river in Europe. And then finally, the Elbe. I wanted to include this because it was in the clue. One of the major rivers of Central Europe rises in the Krkonosa Mountains of the Northern Czech Republic, another language I'm really good at. Uh, Goes through Bohemia, then Germany, and flows into the North Sea. All right, African rivers. We have the Nile, major north-flowing river in northeastern Africa, and is the longest river in Africa, Africa and disputed longest river in the world. Again, Brazilian government says the Amazon is longer. The Nile is about 4,130 miles long, and its drainage basin covers 11 countries. Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Kenya, Ethiopia, Eritrea, South Sudan, Republic of the Sudan, and Egypt. Uh, It has two major tributaries, the White Nile and the Blue Nile. The White Nile is considered to be the headwaters and primary stream of the Nile. The Blue Nile is the source of most of the water, containing 80% of the water and silt. The White Nile is longer and rises in the Great Lakes region of Central Africa. So if you didn't know there was a Great Lakes region of Central Africa, now you do. Now you know. Yeah. With its most distant source still undetermined, but located in either Rwanda or Burundi. It flows north through Tanzania, Lake Victoria, Uganda, and South Sudan. The Blue Nile begins in Ethiopia and flows into Sudan from the southeast. And the two meet just north of Khartoum, the capital of Sudan. We have the Congo River, formerly known as the Zaire River during the dictatorship of Mobutu Sisi Seko. It's the second longest river in Africa, only shorter than the Nile, as well as the second largest river by discharge in the world by volume, second only to the Amazon. It's also the world's deepest recorded river with measured depths uh, in excess of 720 feet. That's deep. I'll leave it at that. Tell you what, the history, the recent history of the DRC is tragic and heartbreaking. So if you want to spend some time, there's a book called Dancing in the Glory of Monsters. You can check out Mm. that book. Oof. Okay. A real downer. All right. I'm reading slightly older history of the Congo right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Belgian, right? Also also horrible. Yeah, and also, in many ways, directly responsible for that. Anyway. Mm -hmm. I figured. Colonialism is awesome. Niger River, or Niger, if you want to be French about it, uh, is the principal river of West Africa, extending about 2,600 miles. Uh, It sources in the Guinea Highlands in southeastern Guinea, and it runs in a crescent through Mali, Niger, 
uh, on the border with Benin and then through Nigeria, discharging through a massive delta known as the Niger Delta into the Gulf of Guinea and the Atlantic Ocean. It is the third longest river in Africa. We have the Zambezi, fourth longest river in Africa, the longest east-flowing river, and the largest flowing into the Indian Ocean. It arises in Zambia and flows through eastern Angola, along the northeastern border of Namibia and the northern border of Botswana, then along the border between Zambia and Zimbabwe to Mozambique, where it crosses the country to empty into the Indian Ocean. The Zambezi's most noted feature is Victoria Falls, although it has others. Uh, and it has some uh, hydroelectric dams on it, the Kariba Dam and the Kahorabasa Dam. And then finally, I wanted to include the Orange River. It's not a particularly important river outside of South Africa, but the Orange River is the longest river within the borders of South Africa, uh, and it extends extensively from Lesotho uh, into South Africa and Namibia to the north. And it was named for the House of Orange, or the Dutch ruling family at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, the last continent, well, not the last continent, but the continent to talk about is Australia. There is the Murray River, It is Australia's longest river at 1,558 miles, and its tributaries include five of the next six longest rivers of Australia. The Murrumbidgee, the Darling, the Lachlan, the Warrego, and the Paru rivers. So all of them are basically the same. It rises in the Australian Alps, draining to the western side of Australia's highest mountains, and then meanders northwesterly across Australia's inland plains, forming the border between uh, New South Wales and Victoria. And then the only other river in, like, the the other long one is Cooper Creek. It is famous because it was the site of the death of the explorers Burke and Willis. Then we have rivers of Antarctica, which I'm not going to go over, but there are rivers in Antarctica. So there we go. Rivers of the six inhabited continents. Wow. That was impressive. And fast, I know. But you can go back and listen to it again. And hopefully, as I said the names, you were able to place them a little more clearly on the map. I'm going to go back and listen to it with a map in front of me. Yeah, it helps. It definitely helps to be able to look at it and be like, yep, okay, yeah, 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 I see where that goes and where it comes from. Yeah. All right, you ready for a quiz? I'm always ready for a quiz. This is a river quiz. Okay. All right, so question one. Although I didn't like the character, I suppose it is canon that River Song is the wife of what title character? She didn't seem to mind him being three entirely different men throughout her time with him. Oh, no. If I add it's a BBC show, does that help? Oh. Um, I don't know. <sighs> three entirely different men. BBC show. Nothing is coming to me except Doctor Who, and I don't think that fits, but uh, I don't have anything else, so I'll stick with it. Well, it's a good thing you did, because that is Doctor Who. Yay! Oh, okay. And before anybody gets on me about, well, he's not the titular character because his name isn't Doctor Who. Yes, he is the titular character and was for the entire original series before the reboot. So, yes, he is the titular Doctor Who. Uh, Yes. I can't stand that character, River Song. I just hated every episode with her in it. Anyway, uh, moving on before any of our listeners decide to contact us. Question two. All right. Continuing with the sci-fi TV theme, River Tam is a central character in a short-lived TV series that garnered a devoted fan base. Support from that fan base got a movie made that was supposed to wrap up all the loose ends, though we hardly feel at peace about it. For five points each, name the show and the actress who played River Tam. Oh no, what's her name? 
I'm like over here humming the theme song. Like, oh, I've got this. <laughs> you mean um, the theme song that killed the show? I love the theme song. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the show is Firefly, and the actress is. I think her last name is Glau, like G L A U. I'm gonna stay with that. Mm-hmm. The last name only. That's my guess. And I will accept that. Uh, it is Summer Glau. I was going to say Summer Glau, but I didn't yes. want to commit nice. if I didn't have to. Nice job. Yes. Yes. And uh, listeners, if you've never watched Firefly, there are only 11 episodes, so it's not really a major time commitment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's a very good, very enjoyable show. Uh, and Nathan Fillion. Mm. Love yeah. me some Nathan Fillion. There is some bad oh. acting. I will, I, will, I will throw that out there. Like there Never. is some, there is some very okay, bad right, acting fine, on that yes. show. Like Shepard Book, awful acting, terrible. I like, I like the character though. The character's fine. He, his acting was the not acti- good. Yeah, no, I hear you. Anyway, we could go. I could go on forever. This was going to be a quiz. Now it's going to be us talking about. Yeah. Firefly. Now, okay. Potent Potables is now a Firefly <laughs> fan cast. Welcome, everyone. All right. Question three. So I mentioned the Danube, uh, from which Johann Strauss. Uh, based his famous waltz, the Blue Danube. Uh, another river inspired the bohemian composer Biedrich Smetna to compose perhaps his best-known work, and certainly one that I regret not remembering during the Tournament of Champions. Which river is this work named after? I don't think I have anything. Uh, I'm just going to pass. That is the Moldau. Oh, okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. I wasn't going to get it. Mm. All right. Okay. Uh, so you're at 20 points. Yeah. For question four, the river is the final community card in Hold'em Poker. We all know Texas Hold'em, which had its heyday about ten years ago with its ESPN showcase and the celebrity poker players and all that. However, Peyton Manning could tell you that another type of Hold'em deals the player four face-down cards instead of two, and they must use two of them to make a five-card hand with three community cards. What is this type of Hold'em, which does not seem to originate from the city that it is named for? Hmm. It would help a lot if I could remember where, which Manning played where. Let's say Denver. We're saying Denver. Uh, that was not the particular clue. It was perhaps a deeper cut. Um, uh, it is not Denver. It is Omaha. Oh, which, okay. If you, that was the thing he yelled a lot when he was quarterbacking the Broncos. He, oh, he was known for that. Right. Omaha! Omaha! Alright, I did not know that. So there you go. Omaha Hold'em. Omaha Hold'em. Yes. Alright. A different take on Hold'em Poker. Uh, question five. Socialism hasn't ruined the highest waterfall in the world, which is part of the Truun River in the Guiana Highlands, 160 miles southeast of Ciudad Bolivar. For five points each, name the fall and the country that it is in. Is it Angel Falls in Venezuela? It is Angel Falls in Venezuela. You are correct. And as always, I have to take a moment (laughs) to remember which one is the real one of Angel Falls and Paradise Falls. Right. (laughs) Which one is the real life one and which is the one in Up inspired by the real life one. In, I would say, arguably the best Pixar film. I would agree, actually. I mean, I mean, I love me some Incredibles. Don't get me wrong, but I think yeah. Up, Up might be my favorite. 
I think I think Up might be the best. Have you seen Onward though? I'm not sure. It's I don't think it's better than Up, but it was a it was a oh Onward solid. was Onward was very good. I really yeah, enjoyed. I it. liked Onward a lot. Yes, me too. All right, so you're at thirty points, and the final category is elementary school science class. All right, um, let's bet it all. All right, so. Think back to your elementary school science class. Rivers rely on the water cycle to flow. What are the four main stages of the water cycle? Oh, no. Okay. There is evaporation. Is there one up here? There's something. There's precipitation and there's two other things those two are correct i will yes okay you have you have evaporation and precipitation so i think condensation is a third that is I'm a gonna third say, all right and then there's the one where it flows to the to flows uh what is that called i don't remember i think that's what it that's what it is i think but there's a word for it and i'm not sure i'm going to be able to get the word and this is going to be the most That's, disappointing zero ever it's okay no i'm i think i'm gonna give it to you because like, you've described it yeah it's the word is collection oh, okay yeah yeah which is not a particularly scientific term so i didn't i wasn't really worried about yeah. that but yeah you got it you got it yes nice All job right. nice job yes Yay. Uh, Thanks. Some sources have more steps to it. I found like seven steps in the water cycle with like sublimation and stuff like that. And I was like, no, come on. There are four steps. Everyone knows that. Yeah. That's what I learned on the magic school bus. So. So are you going to argue with Miss Frizzle? I don't think so. No. All right. Hey, nice job. You got 60 points. Thank you. And thank you for this very helpful deep dive. I'm going to. You study with welcome. it really really get my rivers figured out yeah and speaking of thanks uh thank you listeners for spending your time with us so lovely to talk about jeopardy with you or for you i don't know anyway thank you At listeners you. i'm <laughs> <laughs> make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts uh it would help us out if you could leave a review or a rating just Tap the tap the stars. Tap the five stars, if you would. Uh, we do have a Patreon. You can check that out. Uh, it's patreon.com slash potentpotables. Uh, we have not added much to it lately. Uh, I do have an outtakes reel that I will get to eventually. I say a lot of embarrassing stuff, so it should be good. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, but even if that is not something that you can do, you can help us out by telling your friends. You and they can find us on Facebook at potentpotables, on Twitter at potentpotables1, uh, our email address is potentpodblescast at gmail.com, and our, our website is potentpod.com. We'll be back with you next week with another week of Jeopardy. And until then, may your minds be quick and your buzzers be quicker. Bye.